Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Vegas Therapist. I am your host, Ryan Winder. And remember, what's happening in Vegas is not staying in Vegas, as I bring you helpful tips and all sorts of topic areas, with a Vegas twist of course. So let's get the show started. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's good to have you back in for another episode. I've got a great show for you today. But before we get to the topic at hand, just want to check in with everybody. Hope everybody is doing well. Sorry about the delay between episodes. A lot is going on in the world of the Vegas Therapist. Uh, Good stuff, family stuff, um, all positives. So can't complain about any of that. Uh, But it's just made it hard to create the content to put out a good show, get that all organized. But I do have a good one for you today and looking forward to sharing that with you. Um, If you're not a part of the Vegas Therapist podcast group page, you can join that for updates, articles, different things that I can post on there, as well as be sure to go and rate and review the show on Apple Podcast. Um, Speaking of my Facebook group page, if you do follow me on that, you know I love the show Ted Lasso. Um, If you've not seen the show, I'll just give you a brief synopsis because it is it is prevalent to our episode today. Ted is a former uh, college football coach um, who is takes a job with a soccer team over in England. Um, initially, he's hired as a revenge plot uh, by the owner, who is a female, and her ex-husband uh, gave her the team as a part of the uh, divorce settlement. And so in order to get back at him, uh, she hires a football coach as a way to try to embarrass the team. But it ends up backfiring because Ted is a very lovable guy, always cheery, positive, motivating. Um, And so he does a great job with the team and turns them around. But the reason for the episode is that like everyone, Ted has his stuff. And initially it manifests itself in the form of a panic attack or panic attacks that he suffers. And so that's kind of the the premise of some things. Um, And you find out more about that, his stuff in season two, which is going to again be the focus of my episode. But I just really love the show because of its realness and also how Ted strives for connection. And as we all know, connection is a powerful tool in the healing process. But the three things that I wanted to focus on came from, I believe, episode nine in season two. And those three things are everyone has stuff, uh, secrets, and finally choices. So I'm going to start with everyone has stuff. I wish we could all just accept this. You, me, the person at the grocery store, we all have our stuff. No one is exempt. And if we could just stop pretending that we have to be perfect or appear to be okay all the time, life would be so much more meaningful because we could just let go of the shields that we have to put up or the false selves that we put up as a way of trying to come across in a way that we feel like people want to see us. Um, And yeah, it'd just be so much more freeing for us. Plus holding onto our stuff or avoiding it will only work for so long. And as the author Stephen Hayes in the book Liberated Mind says, If the purpose of any coping strategy is to avoid feeling a challenging emotion or thinking an upsetting thought or to wipe out a painful memory or to look away from a difficult sensation, the long-term outcome will almost always be poor. So ultimately, we need to deal with our stuff. That's the bottom line because if we don't, it will 
come back and haunt us and, and in, in whatever way, whether it's via addiction or panic and anxiety attacks like Ted suffers in the show. So we may ask ourselves, why do we run from our stuff, our pain, our hurt? I think the obvious answer would be because it is painful. Um, or maybe we've just spent a long time convincing ourselves and deceiving ourselves that we're fine. You know, times I've heard the, the phrase, I'm fine. No, really, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. Um, so I just, it makes me wonder how many times we've had to tell ourselves that in order to start to believe it. And the thought then comes to me, but what if the pain could be softened or even if we could live a more full life, if we got rid of the pain, if we got rid of our stuff, then why wouldn't we just go for it? Take the chance, work through it, be free. In terms of where to begin, maybe we already know that answer. Um, or maybe we need to start paying attention to our triggers. What are they telling us about where our pain is or what our pain's about? Maybe who it's about even. Um, start noticing those things, looking for those things as a way of trying to open up and understand where our stuff might be hidden. Now back to the Ted Lasso episode um, that really got me thinking about this stuff. Rebecca's dad passing was the trigger for Ted in this episode. It took him back to his own dad's death, which was via suicide, which we find out in that episode. Sorry for the spoilers. Um, Ted felt like he'd hated his dad for quitting on his family because he had taught his kids, namely Ted, that we didn't quit, but yet there he was committing suicide. And so the therapist in that episode validated his feelings and acknowledged that it must've been so hard for a teenage boy to make sense of something like that. Um, she also talked him through some of his anger and hate and then started to focus on some of the positives and some of the aspects of his dad's relationship that he appreciated and loved and cared about. Honestly, this brought up for me, my own thoughts of my own dad how do I really feel about him? What are my lingering issues? Do I hate my dad? Do I despise him? Do I pity him? Do I empathize with him? What are my th true thoughts and feelings? I know if you've been a follower of the show, you've probably listened to the episode that me and two of my brothers put on about growing up with my dad and his addictions and dealing with those things and what the impact that that had on us. And so I just think, what did I continue to do as a result of that what was my what was what were my challenges and how did i have to, what do, what do i need to do to maybe still work through those things you know i definitely want to be honest with myself about where i'm at and i think the bottom line is is that we need to all take care of our stuff and we if we have stuff we need to be willing to work through it all right so the next thing i wanted to focus on from the episode was this idea of secrets there's a saying in the 12-step program, you are only as sick as your secrets. I've definitely found that to be true in my own practice. I've seen how people have come in with many secrets, and as they've gotten rid of those secrets and become more honest with themselves and with others, healing really does come from that. In this episode of Ted Lasso, Rebecca had been carrying the secret of her dad's infidelity, or at least she thought she'd been carrying it, but that secret that she was holding on to had fueled her hate for her dad and also contributed to her own challenges in relationships, her ability to trust men and be vulnerable to them. Family Secrets is a book by um, John Bradshaw, and it's 
um, the path from shame to healing. And in the book, he mentions the note, the idea that there's all kinds of secrets, but he does point out the, the difference between privacy and a secret. And the main difference or the different, different, differentiating factor in that is the element of toxic shame. Toxic shame is something that affects not just our own doing, but our very being. Because deep down, we feel like something is very wrong with us. Toxic shame demands that we wear a mask, develop a false self. And then due to the weight that that secret or toxic shame has on us, it can create or we create, I guess, ways of coping that become even more destructive for us than the secret itself. I've seen this on several in several situations. One of the most damaging secrets that can be in families or between people is the secret of sexual abuse that exists within families or can with, exist within families. Um, as that occurs, oftentimes people are told to be quiet or to forget about something, to let it go, to not talk about it. Um, and the fear is obviously with the impact that it would have on the family system if the notion of the sexual abuse gets out or is shared with others. And so as you have to just think about having to sit on a secret of that magnitude where maybe you're the one that has been sexually abused in a family by a family relative, whether that's be a brother, a sister, a father, a grandfather, um, whoever it may be, and you're just told, we just need to forget about that and not talk about that. As that goes on, you know, you can only imagine the coping mechanisms that may have to be created in order to deal with that. Also, the loss of self that comes with that. There's a part of myself I just have to kind of disown or not or push away. And then what I found is when people come back to that and they finally are able to talk about that, there's a really difficulty in being able to trust themselves with the reality of what had occurred because it had been, they've spent so many years pushing that away or not dealing with it or being told either that it didn't happen or again, not to talk about it. And so this idea of secrets and toxic shame can be so devastating. Um, even, you know, going back to, again, my the episode I did with my two brothers, we talked about the idea of, of secrets that we were asked to keep. And there was a part of me that always knew that those secrets were not okay, that those things that we were being told to, to not tell or to, to not share were things that we shouldn't have been given or asked to not talk about. And obviously those things weighed on us and they weighed on our own sense of psyche and kind of what was right and what was wrong. And eventually, um, I just stopped conforming, stopped taking on those secrets, stopped, you know, agreeing to participate in them to which cause that, you know, caused more contention, um, or disruption in the family system, but it was something that I wasn't going to take on myself. Uh, so as we think about this topic of secrets in our own situations and kind of maybe our own families and where that, where that sits, we may want to just ask ourselves, what are the secrets that I'm holding on to that may need to be addressed? How have those secrets impacted me in terms of how I see myself as a result of the toxic shame that may be connected to them? 
it's been said, and this is in the in the book Family Secrets by John Bradshaw, there is no truth that is as destructive as any lie. So even though, and I've had this conversation with several people, even though the truth may hurt, it may cause pain, it may impact other people, especially in the case of sexual abuse. I mean, there's oftentimes, you know, jail sentences or things of that nature that go along with calling that out. That truth is much better than the destruction that the lie can cause the individual. So I just want us to think about that, think about where that may sit with us. And if we have any secrets that we've been holding on to that may be impacting us, but we've just tried to convince ourselves that it's fine or it's okay, or it's not hurting us. But in reality, it is. And so if that's the case, we need to look at that and move, take steps towards, you know, letting go or getting rid of those secrets. Finally, uh, the last thing that the episode brought to my attention was just the notion of choices. There's so much power in the in this idea of choices, and Ted in his approach to the team. So there's a there's a there's a situation where Ted has a panic attack during the middle of a very important game, and he runs off the field towards the end, and basically tells everybody that he had food poisoning and you know had to get off the field. Um, but later on, it comes out that he actually suffered a panic attack and. So then he, you know, goes about apologizing to the team for not being open with them and honest. And then this conversation about choices comes up. And probably the most powerful thing that he says is that every choice is a chance. And that in life, we can waste our time wishing for a do-over. And when I thought about that, I thought about the idea of, of if you're also familiar with the movie Napoleon Dynamite, there's the Uncle Rico do-over kind of wasting our time hoping for something like that. You know, the idea of coach had just put me in the fourth quarter, we'd be state champs and I hold on to those things or I hold on to those moments that I wish I could have back, but we can't do that. And we have to just try to move on and, and look at that idea that every choice is a chance, a new opportunity and a, ch- a you know, a chance for growth, a chance for change, a chance for success. And our choices can show more of who we really are than even our abilities. And, and as we think about the idea of this in our lives, um, we may want to consider the following questions. How am I going to let what's happened to me define me, impact me? I can choose a different path. I can choose to face my stuff or I can choose to choose to avoid or run away or allow it to define me in a negative way and let whatever comes with that come with that. Dr. Bobby Stevens said in an article titled the importance of choices. Now I tried to condense this, but to get the full impact of it, I really felt like I just needed to read the whole quote. So bear with me while I do that. But he says it is so important to understand that we are all making choices all the time. Even when we choose not to choose, we may still have made a choice. It's, our choices that determine our experiences. The choices we are making today will show up in our experiences in the future. Unless we're willing to take full responsibility for ourselves and the choices we make, we have no control over our lives. We've been given all the power to create our experiences through choices. 
But if we believe, and it's important, if we believe that outside forces are responsible for our choices, we give away all the power that we have. If you choose not to take charge, you will experience the consequences of that choice and simply be blown about in life like a leaf in the wind. Some powerful stuff there. One of the things I, I thought of within my own situation was this idea of being a captain of your own ship. You know, several years back when we were dealing with our green card situation, we were trying to get permanent residency in the United States. It was a lengthy process, about two and a half to three years that we went through. And there were times where I just felt like I just didn't have any control, just kind of subject to the attorney or the system or whatever it was. And I remember reading this article where it talked about this idea of being the captain of your own ship and taking charge to the best that you can of your own circumstances and ultimately your own choices. And after I read that, I just felt like, yes, that's what I need to do in this situation. And that's what I did. I just tried to be the captain of my own ship, even if it meant doing things that my attorney I thought could be doing or should be doing. I just did them myself as a way of trying to have more of a sense of control that I just wasn't being blown in the wind like a leaf but that I could assert some level of, of impact on my situation because it was something that was impacting me. And as I did that, I just felt better. I felt more uh, of a sense of ownership in the situation. And whether it impacted the situation overall or not, it didn't really matter because I felt better. I felt like I had some level of skin in the game to where I could make a difference. And that was the most important thing. So again, so these are three things that I think we can all look at within our lives. The idea of we all have stuff. We may have secrets that we need to deal with that are um, filling us with toxic shame. And then the idea of we, we have choices as well as to what we're going to do with ourselves, with our lives, um, with what we have. Uh, there's choices all around, and every choice is a chance. So I want to leave you with a clip of, of Ted Lasso when he's talking to his team about the importance of choices just because I think it, he says it so beautifully. So I just want you to, to leave, with you, leave that with you and hope you enjoy the clip and maybe even go watch the episodes because it's a great show. Uh, but most of all, I hope you take an inventory of your own situation and where you're at. And if you need to do some work, do the work. Enjoy the clip. Look, point is, y'all found out about something from somewhere when you should have found out about it from me first. And I chose not to tell y'all. That's dumb. You know, fellas, we make a lot of choices in our lives every single day, ranging from, am I really about to eat something called Greek yogurt? to should I leave my family and take a job halfway around the world? Me choosing not to be forthright with y'all, that was a bad choice. But I can't be wasting time wishing for a do-over on all that. That ain't how choices work. No, sir. No. That choice in my Chicago Bulls starter jacket that I let Janelle Rhodes borrow by sophomore year because she still catch ball of herself and it looked like she'd been shot. Well, those are two things I ain't ever getting back. Every choice is a chance, fellas. And I didn't give myself a chance to build further trust with y'all. To quote the great UCLA college basketball coach, John Obi-Wan Gandalf, it is our choices, gentlemen, that show what we truly are, far more than our abilities. 
Now, I hope y'all can forgive me for what I've done. Because I sure as heck wouldn't want any of y'all to hold anything back from me. No, we got you. We got you. We got you. We got you. All right. So what will your next choice be for your mental health and for your well-being and for dealing with any stuff that you may have lingering? This is The Vegas Therapist signing off.